2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light
1: Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler from the state of North Carolina with my co-host Tim Bench from the state of Texas, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Carter from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida. We are grateful that you are tuned in to our broadcast this evening. We, this radio show is being brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can give me a call at Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-64. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask you to bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. And placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, on the show this evening as he breaks unto us the bread of life. And also my co-host, Tim Bench, as he answers the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts. That they may continue to sow the seed kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be safe? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For we recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you'll forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you'll save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it
2: all. Amen you're listening to the gospel light radio show ladies and
1: gentlemen thank you for tuning in to our broadcast this evening our speaker for this evening will be dr frank washington he serves with the west Broward church of christ there in plantation florida he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of christ and in the second segment i have a question from my shout out platform on social media facebook I'll be posing to my co-host Tim Bench. He serves with the O'Ham Lane Church of Christ there in Abilene, Texas, and he'll be answering our shouted-out question on the broadcast this evening. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next worship will be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank
2: Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: Sure. i right. i
2: You're listening to the gospel Light radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co-host,
1: Dr. Frank Washington, and his subject, Paul's valedictorian speech.
4: What? Thank you, Brother Stevie D. Thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity again uh, to show my faith and share my faith. Uh, in Jesus Christ, I like to watch football, and I know many of our the men and brothers who are sitting or listening to the program, and some sisters uh, love to watch football games. But one of my favorite parts uh, of watching a, a ball game, whether it's football or whether it's basketball, is the post game interview. Uh, and that's where uh, they will interview players, they will interview the coaches from both sides of the, of the winning and, and the losing teams. Uh, the winners always say something uh, after they win a game. They say something like this, especially my Cowboys. They say after they beat the Dolphins, they say, well, it was a good day for football. Uh, we you know, executed very well. We executed our game plan. Um, everything came together. We were a team. We were unified and everything just happened for us, and it was wonderful. But the losers say something different. They say something like, well, um, it wasn't a good day for us. You know, we weren't on our A game. We didn't bring our A game to today. Uh, we, weren't a- we weren't able to execute um, our game plan like we had practiced, uh, and things never came together like we wanted it to. And so, you know, hats off to the other guys. They just had a better day today. Uh, to win. Now, calling the game is much easier when you're standing at the end zone. And that's what they do many times, uh, the interviews. It's always easier to look back and see what you did right, you did wrong. And life is a lot like that too. It's not easy to look ahead and see what's going to happen. We all come to, you know, the proverbial field, football field, to win. But there are times when we have to walk away having lost the big game. Second Timothy 4, um, verse uh, beginning at verse number 1, uh, says, I charge you, therefore, uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all longsuffering and teaching, for the time will come, and it is already here, when they will not endure sound or healthy doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful, talking to Timothy, In all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And then Paul begins to talk about his valedictory speech. For I am ready, being poured out as a drink offering, and the same time of my departure is at hand. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then he says, finally. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. As I read these verses, I am aware that Paul is standing in the end zone and standing in the end zone of his life, and he's looking back over the game he has just played. Now, these verses are as close as we are going to get to an after-the-game or post-game interview with the Apostle Paul. But for all intents and purposes, Paul understands it's over. His ministry is over. Paul is writing this letter, sitting in a Roman jail, with nothing to look forward to, but his execution at the hands of the Roman government. Paul knows his time is up, but Paul wants to give you and me, the Christian today, an interview before he leaves for glory. And I'm glad many of you watch that show, uh, 60 Minutes. That's what Paul's doing. Paul is agreeing to interview, to be interviewed, for this 60-minute segment of his life. And I'm glad he did, because, you see, here's a man who played a good game. He didn't fumble the ball. He'd been tackled by the enemy several times. The Bible says he was beaten, and, I mean, they caught it. But he stumbled a few times, and he reached the the end zone of his life with his ministry, his character, and his testimony intact. Now, I think he might have uh, something to say that might be interesting for you and me today. So let's, let's see what Paul has to say. So I'd like for us to listen uh, listen in to those powerful words uh, from the great apostle Paul, because here he is, in effect, writing his own epithet. Now, you all know what an epithet is, don't you? Uh, an epithet is... Uh, those words that your loved ones Hopefully uh, They will choose the right words And not your enemies will choose the words That are carved Into your headstone when you die Now I think of an epithet I read one time, time That went something like this Here lies Lester Moore plugs from a 44 No less No more You'll get that later, or on the headstone, you'll have some other little uh, dynamics going on. On a few, there are hands uh, with the index finger pointing up toward heaven, indicating, I suppose, uh, where they think the deceased might have gone to. Uh, but on a few there, uh, there's a picture of the hands chained together at the wrist with the index fingers uh, pointing down uh, to that place uh, to that place uh, that we don't want. Uh, we don't want to go. So I think if Paul could have supervised the chiseling of any inscription into his headstone, it would have been uh, the words of verse number seven. Verse number seven said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept. Now, this great man writes his own epitaph before his death. And in these words of these verses, we find that After the game or after the interview of this faithful servant, he begins, he breaks the entire Christian life down into three neat, clear components. I'm only going to deal with one today. But what he has to say to us about his walk with the Lord will help you and me today with our own walk with the Lord as we two inch even closer to our end zone experience so I want you tonight to notice what was important to Paul as he stood in the end zone of his life. First of all, Paul speaks about the battleground. The words "fault" and fight both come from the same word that gives us our English word agony. They were used in Paul's day to refer to ancient Greek games where contestants struggled one against the other for supremacy. The contest that Paul seems to have in mind is the wrestling matches that were so popular in that day. Paul's desire is to remind us as believers that we are not on a playground. We are on a battleground. Christians, hear me well. In our Christian walk, we are engaged in battle. And the best word to describe that battle many times is the word agony. So let's see what he has to say about the battles that we face. Number one, how do we get into this battle? Well, we enter into this battle when we are born again, when we become Christians, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. As soon as a person is saved, spiritual or new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17. Before their conversion, though, They were dead in sin, Ephesians 2, 1, and were dead to the things of God. They were willing participants in the works and the activities of Satan. However, they were converted. And when they became converted, when they became alive to God and his work, they were dwelt, indwelt by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, John 14 and verse number 17. Now, the problem with this lies in the fact. That the old man of sin didn't go anywhere When you were saved, the old man of sin or the old woman of sin Is still alive and well in your body And this creates tremendous spiritual conflict within the life of the believer Now, the old creature still desires the old ways of living And the sins of the flesh The new nature, however, wants to please the Lord they want to have this new life. They want to live this new creation. But there is a struggle that's going on. Now, add to the fact that Satan will do everything and anything in his power to cause the new convert, or even now, you and me, to stumble and fall. In First Peter 5, 8, and you will uh, have a recipe, if you read that, for conflict and battle. Now, I think we all agree that this life is filled with spiritual battles, uh, especially if you are speaking or seeking uh, to serve the Lord. So when you, how do you get into that battle? Well, become a Christian. That's when you come into that battle. And when you come into that battle, life is not going to be a bed of roses. And, And I hope preachers are not teaching that. It's not. That's when the fight Really begins for the new convert Even for members today They are still struggling I'm still struggling And if anybody else knows what I'm talking about Raise your hand If you struggle as much as I struggle Then I'm going to pray for you And I hope that you pray for me as well But that's how we get into this battle We get into this battle by being born again We get into this battle by becoming uh, A new creation uh, in Jesus Christ Next is the enemy in this battle Well, man or woman is never the enemy. Man may be used by the enemy for his purposes, but man or woman is never the enemy. Uh, In Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse number 12, let me read it for you, 6 and verse uh, number 12. The Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all uh, to stand. If you let me for a minute, you know, do a exegete of that, And make it practical for us today If you don't know how to fight You're going to lose a lot of battle If the Christian, you and I If we don't know how to put on that armor If we don't recognize what that armor is designed to do Then we're going to really have a lot of problems in life the devil's going to have his way in our lives because the devil knows what that armor is all about. And he knows how to circumvent that armor. So if you're going to, you know, quote that scripture, wear the whole armor of God, know what you're putting on. Know the purpose of that armor. Because once you fail to recognize what that helmet's for, what that shield is for, what the sandals are for. If you don't understand what those things are for, you, you may have a difficult time uh, in in this battle. So often we are guilty in our zeal to combat what we perceive as evil or fighting one another, and that's a situation that God cannot bless. But may we be careful to focus on who the real enemy is. That real enemy is not Your wife is not your husband It's not your kids It's not your boss man The real enemy is Satan And he comes to us Dressed as an angel of light According to 2 Corinthians 11-14 And this is why Satan is so successful He hides his true colors While he causes us To fight a wrong enemy Now a person may be a tool In the devil's hand Uh, They may Uh, speak the devil's word. They may uh, do the devil's business in the church or at home and and, and to you and me, but that person is never your enemy. If anything, uh, they need our prayers uh, more than ever before. So we get into this battle by becoming Christians, and then we have to recognize who the enemy is that we're fighting in this battle. Next, where does the energy to fight this battle come from? Well, notice what Paul says. He says, I have fought a good fight. Paul isn't taking the credit for his successful ministry, but he's echoing the same thought he expressed in Galatians 2.20. He may be the one in the battle, but his energy comes from the one who lives inside his heart. And so, thankfully, we don't have to fight that spiritual battle in our own power or in our own strength. But we can fight if we learn to stand in the power of the Lord. If we ever learn to stand in his power, we will be able to come to the end zone of our life and say with confidence, just as Paul did, I have fought the good fight. Amen. Now. We know how we got into the battle. We became members of the body of Christ. We became Christians. We know who the enemy is in this battle. It's not man. It's not woman. It's the devil. It's Satan himself. We get our energy uh, from the one who lives inside our heart. That's the Holy Spirit. And then finally, do we bring to the fight? Well, just as a reminder, the battle we are fighting is not a fleshly nature. And neither are the weapons we use in this battle. In Second Corinthians 10, 3, carnal people hold carnal or utilize carnal weapons. The stinging arrows of gossip, the cruel spears of personal attacks, sharp swords of threatening words, and the harsh whip of cowardice and deception are the weapons of the devil. Now, the weapons of our warfare are designed to enable us to stand in the thick of the battle while our Lord fights our battles. If you got your Bible, look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and and verse number number 11. Let's see what that says. Ephesians 6 and verse number 11. Uh, Verse number 11. If you got it, say amen. All right. Here again, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle. Now, that word wrestle in some translation is struggle. We do not struggle against flesh and blood, which is that word struggle means hand-to-hand combat, hand-to-hand combat. If you don't know how to -to hand-to-hand combat, if you don't know how to you know fight then the devil's got things that is that that are going uh to cause you a lot a lot of pain the devil knows what we can and cannot do for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against what rulers against powers against the world forces of the darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness so What does all that mean when it says put on the whole armor of God? Well, simply what it means is know the trickery. Now, the hand-to-hand combat is rendered, in most translations, struggling or wrestling features trickery and deception. Like Satan and his hosts, when they attack you, they use tricks. They use deception. And unless you are aware of what those tricks, those deceptions are like, then Satan is going to have his way with you. And you will never be able to defeat that old man that's still inside or that old woman that is still inside of you, making sure that their flesh is being fed. So know what the tricks, know the deceptions. What do you bring to the fight? You bring the word of God That's what you bring to the fight That's why uh, the Bible says Study to show yourself approved Be diligent in your study Don't just haphazardly study Study so that when you recognize the tricks And the deceptions of the devil The spirit inside of you Who has that word Will help you understand And uh, this is a joke This is a trick Don't worry about it. Don't fall for it. You're going to be fine. But if you don't have that word in you, you're going to find yourself battling a whole lot of battles that you should not be fighting. So, in fact, all of our weapons and defenses in nature are are defensive in nature except for the word of God and prayer. My friend, how are you in your word of God? In prayer Each of us Each of those Must be used properly And for the glory Of God So now that I finished my interview Paul has finished his interview I am hopeful That as we stood In the end zone of life You and I will recognize When we do that Final interview We will say as Paul did We have fought a good fight, we have finished the course, and we have kept the faith. I hope this lesson has been good for you. Stay in God's grip. Until the next time, God bless
2: you. are listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
5: Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665. Or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com.
2: These are the announcements
1: for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events and activities announced on this radio broadcast, just contact me at Stevie B Media Production, Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Or I'll send you emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at com. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there'll be a nationwide gospel call sponsored by the Churches of Christ in Highland Heights from Houston, Texas. And that telephone number is 857-216-6700. And the access code is 328-497. On Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Redelcrest Church of Christ from San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class. And that class will be held on www.zoom.com. And the class ID number is 821-3692-8262. And daily at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ Prayer Line, hosted by the Church of Christ, Lafayette, Louisiana. And the telephone number is 605-472-5203. And the access code is 514-859. My co-host, Steve Corder, here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. He has a new book entitled God, Grace, in You. And you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. And we have a new production. Actually, we have two new productions here on Stevie B's New Productions on the third Tuesday of every month on the Tuesday night show on What a Work from the Lord. The Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 6 p.m. Central Standard Time every third Tuesday of the month. And every fourth Tuesday of the month on that same radio show, the What a Work from the Lord radio show, we have a new show that just started airing last month, and that is the Kelly Fletcher Show, and that show will air every fourth Tuesday of the month on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show on Tuesday nights. And on Stephen B's Media Production Presents, we're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio, and you can call the live show at 713-955-0508 or type in your search bar www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show on tuesday evening each week from 6 to 8 p.m eastern standard time 5 to 7 p.m central standard time i'll be hosting a live show what a work of the lord radio show and each week well actually every second tuesday now since we've changed my order of production now every second tuesday i have a guest speaker on that show what a Word of the lord from the brotherhood of the churches of christ And we also have a Community Corner segment on that broadcast as well for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have Protestant services for our community. Also, I have three co-hosts on that show. Lou Gibbons, the Evangelist for the Oakwood Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, uh, Shauna Otis, she's from Nashville, Tennessee, the Great Way Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. Her her team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. And my co-host, Isa Mullins from Fayetteville, here in Fayetteville, the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville. And then on Thursday night, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. That's this show that's airing on tonight. And I have eight co-hosts on this show who will be presenting messages from the Word of God. And I have two of my um, co-hosts on the air with me each week. And also we have a question from my social media platform, shout it out, that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. Then on Friday night, I'm hosting the live show, Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast from 9 to 11. That's our new time from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time, eight ten p.m. Central Standard Time. On this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the Sweet Sounds of Voices. And also, my story, glory statement, we try to do that every first Friday of the month. But on this uh, October the 1st, I have an open date. The group that I had scheduled for that show with the C-Notes out of Jackson, Mississippi. We've had to reschedule them for a later date. But on this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be debuting some new music by Irvin C. Jackson from Western Chapel, Florida. We try to get him on the show at least once a month because he's been debuting a lot of... Uh, releasing a lot of music here lately. We're trying to bring him on the show as much as we can just to uh, debut some of that music on the broadcast. And if you uh, cannot catch these live shows, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, you know, that's the order of the day with this uh, new technology podcast. seems to be taking over social media or the media platforms around the world, so everybody's really into podcasting right now. So the major... Uh, platforms that are being used is Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and YouTube. You can find all of my uh, productions on those various platforms. And I'd like to give a shout out to all of my sponsors. We have a new sponsorship manager. Her name is Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If you'd like to sponsor any of these radio shows, just give her a call at 954- 687- Four I'd like to give a shout-out to all of my sponsors. We certainly appreciate all those who are sponsoring these radio shows. Sharon Norwood, she's from Chicago, Illinois. Bethesda Memorial, Pruner of Crematory Services out of DeSoto, Texas. Stanley Phillips, he's, on, uh, he's down in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Cheryl Mara from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yvonne Blazing Cracker Gooch from Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Holman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina and Diversified Financial Network LLC from Dallas, Texas, on as Mark and Charlotte Carroll, and Ordained Faith Publishing out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B's Beat Production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, and we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. Stay tuned. The shout-out question is coming up next.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: When I see the light of the morning and sun, and I see that...
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast where I have a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. And we want to pose this question to one of my co-hosts. And we also want to encourage our listeners to get involved in that group on Facebook and join that biblical those biblical discussions on there. Now my co host tonight that's answering our question is Tim Bench. He's from the Oham Lane Church of Christ there in Abilene, Texas. Tim, how you doing this evening? I'm doing
5: well.
1: I can barely hear you.
5: I'm doing well, I hope you are also
1: Yes sir, yes sir. Now we got a doozy for you on the broadcast. Now we've had this question on this broadcast before but we want to ask it again it was such a good question the scriptural reference that's given for this question is matthew 27 verse 25 tim i'll let you read that before you start answering the question this question is from an anonymous query it's from the state of north carolina and the question is since the jews are the ones who had jesus christ killed would you say this scripture has been fulfilled? And that scripture reference again is Matthew 27 and verse 25. What say you to this question?
5: This is an excellent question, Stevie, and it's one that we've had before. And I want to start by actually going uh, later a little bit in, the, in Matthew chapter 27. Let's go to verses 34 and 35. Let's start there. And we read together that when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood, see to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. The term blood curse is frequently applied to Jewish descendants, of this event. And it's also noteworthy that this specific term or comment appears nowhere else in the Synoptic Gospels. It's only in Matthew 27. Throughout history have debated this and have commented on this. From John Chrysostom, quote, observe here the infatuation of the Jews, their headlong haste. And destructive passions will not let them see what they ought to see, and they curse themselves, saying, His blood be upon us, and even entail the curse upon their children. Yet a merciful God did not ratify this sentence, but accepted such of them and of their children as repented, for Paul was one of them, and many thousands of those who in Jerusalem believed, End quote. So, Here's the first question, Stevie. If this supposed blood curse was to damn all Jews into perpetuity, how did Paul become a Christian? And in fact, if we think about it, Jesus himself at this point was a Jew. From Frank Flynn, who uh, wrote the article entitled, Who Killed Jesus? Quote, Romans, not the Jews, killed Jesus as a political threat as they had killed many other prophets – And rebels during the first century Josephus the Jewish historian Recounts many examples In his Jewish war And Jewish antiquities Had the Jewish authorities Been directly involved Jesus would have been stoned to death As Stephen was in Acts chapter 7 Only Roman authorities Could authorize crucifixions And they often did so On a gruesome massive scale End quote this is extremely important. Tim, your audio is going out. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I hear, you. I hear you. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm on my cell phone. I don't know why it's going out. This is from Reza Aslan. Quote, the method of execution settles the question once and for all. Crucifixion was a strictly Roman punishment for crimes against the state, end quote. So this was a Roman methodology that was used. More from Reza Aslan, quote, If the high priest did in fact question Jesus about his messianic ambitions, and if Jesus' answer did signify blasphemy, the Torah could not be clearer about the punishment, Leviticus twenty four sixteen, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. The congregation shall stone him to death. Thus, this is the punishment inflicted upon Stephen for his blasphemy when he calls Jesus the Son of Man. Stephen is not transferred to Roman authorities to answer for his crime. He is stoned to death on the spot. The Jews did not have the authority to execute criminals, but one cannot lose sight of the fundamental fact with which we began. And here's the key quote, Stevie. Jesus is not stoned to death by the Jews for blasphemy. He is crucified by Rome for sedition, end quote. And again, we're looking specifically at Scripture on this if we refer back to Leviticus chapter 24, verse 16. Here's more. This is from Mark Allen Powell, quote, Jesus was crucified as a Jewish victim of Roman violence. On this, all written authorities agree. A Gentile Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, condemned him to death and had him tortured and executed by Gentile Roman soldiers. Jesus was indeed one of thousands of Jews crucified by the Romans. From John Meacham in Newsweek back on February fifteenth, two 2004, quote, In the age of Roman domination, only Rome crucified. The crime was sedition, not blasphemy, a civil crime, not a religious one. The two men who were killed along with Jesus are identified in some translations as thieves, but the word can also mean insurgents, supporting the idea that crucifixion was a political weapon used to send a message to those still living. Beware of revolution or riot or Rome will do this to you too. The two earliest and most reliable extra-biblical references to Jesus, those of the historians Josephus and Tacitus, say that Jesus was executed by Pilate, end quote. Let's get some context here, Stevie, from earlier in Matthew chapter 27. If we go back about five verses in Matthew 27, verse 20, we are told the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd. So the mob, yes, the mob at Jesus' trial was comprised of Jews who were gathered in Jerusalem for Passover, but they were incited specifically by religious leaders who had rejected Jesus years earlier. We see that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 14. The mob's ringleaders bear the responsibility, as does Pilate, who presided over this entire travesty of justice. The mob's self-indictment was spoken by some Jews, not all of them. Jesus, as we mentioned, was a Jew, as were his disciples, and they certainly did not call a curse upon themselves. This is from John T. Townsend at Boston College. Quote, In the Roman trial, all of the Gospels agree that Jesus was charged with claiming to be king of the Jews and that Jewish pressure forced the governor to condemn Jesus, who he believed to be innocent. In the Synoptic Gospels, however, it is the Jewish crowd that cries out, against Jesus, Mark 15, 11 through 15, while in John the Jewish presence at the trial is limited to the chief priest and the officers, chapter 19, verse 6. Even though John regularly refers to those demanding Jesus' death as the Jews, the context makes clear that these Jews were merely the priestly delegation, chapter 19, verse 6, John's account of the Roman trial contains nothing so anti-Jewish as Matthew chapter 27 verse 25, according to which the Jewish people demanded that responsibility for Jesus' death fall upon them and their children. The fact that John frequently chose to identify the priestly delegation as the Jews would lead the casual reader to believe that it was the Jewish people who forced the crucifixion in quote which we know it was not the Jewish people who forced this the Jews may have been complicit with the killing of Jesus they certainly did not like him and did not accept his message they would have been happy about Jesus's death for the most part but they did not have the legal power to put him to death as the Roman authorities did and again even the method that was used to kill Jesus crucifixion indicates Rome as the culprit if the Jews had killed Jesus it would have been done in the manner described in Leviticus 24 verse 16 and that is precisely how Stephen was killed so to answer the question no it was not uh, the Jews who killed Jesus it was the Roman Empire and the Roman rulers who did so
2: Shout it out. Question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: And if you miss me from singing, Sing and you can't find me nowhere, no come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the best. Green. Uh. I'll be praising the i am praising the, the safety oh. of the day You can't find me nowhere. Nowhere. Come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing. You can't find me nowhere Come on up, so go be here I'll be praising up there
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening on this radio broadcast. What a show. What a show. We've had a – it's been a short show, but we still have some great lessons on the broadcast. Certainly appreciate the efforts by Dr. Frank Washington and his subject dealing with the Apostle Paul, Paul's Victorian speech. And also, my co-host, Tim Benti always does a great job answering these questions and presenting lessons on this broadcast as well. So we appreciate all the efforts that are being put forth by our co-hosts on this radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. And it is our prayer that the lessons that were given on this radio show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody.
2: God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show, episode 243.
3: I know the Lord. I know the Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Oh yeah. You see, we. I know, the I know the Lord. He'll take care. We'll take, care. take care of me. Oh, yes. oh when I'm down oh, yes. to my last time, oh, yes. I call on you oh, and you step yes. in right. Lord, the Lord, you will take, we'll take care, take care of me, oh, yeah, when he will. Lord, I'm trying, True. every day, to walk in the right way, my, my. my. It gets hard Hard on this road It gets so rough Tell him how I took (laughs) care of you.